you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. I recognize the time tonight as you return to your seats. Matthew chapter 13. I will read five verses beginning with verse number three. And he spoke many things unto them in parables saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he had sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside and some fowls came and devoured them up. Verse 5, some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. Verse 7, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. By the help of the Lord, for a few moments tonight, I'm going to preach the title of our vision initiative, and it is simply Beyond. Beyond. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. On Wednesday night, I asked the church two very serious questions. What kind of church do we want CLC to be? Other questions I asked on Wednesday was, how do we see our church? How do we view the church And how do we approach our personal ministries in the church? There is an important piece of information I feel to bring to you tonight. Just because that you have a desire to see a particular outcome doesn't mean that you will get the results that you had hoped for. Because wishing or faith without works, or hope alone, will never bring results. Faith without works is dead. And in everything, pray for me tonight, I am dealing with some voice and cough issues. There is something we must understand as we approach every new initiative that our church attempts. Our music team can wish to have a certain culture. 
unless the culture exists, what they desire will never happen. A pastor can bring many ideas and strategies. Here is your word. Culture will trump strategy every time. The only way that our church moves from a church of 275 to 300 is that the culture of the church must change enough for us to be able to embrace the idea of a church beyond where we are. As my wife eloquently stated tonight, the children of Israel had to ask God a question. Is this it? Is this all you have for us? Or do you intend for us to go beyond? The question that I bring to this assembly tonight, while we sit in the blessings of God, while we rejoice over the history of the church and over the growth we have seen, do you think this is all God has for us? Do you believe we have reached our apex? Have we ascended to the top of the mountain? Is this where it ends? I believe that I stand in this pulpit tonight with faith, with courage, and with vision to preach to this congregation that God wants to take us places we have never been before. Our greatest miracles have yet to be seen. Our greatest revival has yet to been held. Our greatest worship service has yet to happen. The greatest song has yet to be sung. What God has for our future is greater. But wishing and hoping alone will not affect our future unless we have strategy. One must strategically put right ingredients into a bowl and apply the right amount of heat for the right amount of time in order to end with an award-winning dish that may come from your oven or your stove or your grill. So it is not just busyness that the church must be reaching for. We are all busy enough. None of us need more practice with busyness. None of us need busy work. It's not just activity that will bring about revival and growth. It's not just another meeting, another conference, another revival that will bring about growth. It is a strategic plan of action mixed with God's perfect timing, coupled with prayer, evangelism, sacrificial giving, a lot of work and labor, and commitment to discipleship that will bring about the growth that God has for our future. Our text describes the scene of a labor and a harvest field. Without doubt, the laborers wanted to reap a hundredfold. But I want you to know that not everything that we do as a church will always be 100% successful. I wish it was the case that everything we touched was always successful. Every initiative, everything we do would be successful. That would be glorious. But the law of the harvest 
tells us that there will be some seed that falls by the wayside, some on stony ground. Not every seed will produce. But the law of the harvest tells us that there will be a remnant of seed that will take hold and will grow and will produce fruit. Just because some backslide is no reason for us to get the idea that we need to stop having church or we need to stop reaching for the lost. Just because some people that we love walk away from the church, walk into sin, criticize the church, doesn't mean that we don't need to be a church that helps the next group that comes along or the next person that comes along that is in need of help. In 1923, Babe Ruth broke the record for the most home runs in a season. That same year, he broke the record for the the highest batting average. But there's a third record that he broke that year that not many people talk about. Because in the same year, 1923, Babe Ruth struck out more times than any other player in the major league. What am I saying tonight? Babe Ruth was not afraid to strike out. His fearlessness contributed to his remarkable career and his ability to be the first to to hit 60 home runs in a season that he held for 34 years. Most people in this room are all about hitting home runs but do we have the faith to walk into the batter's box and declare I'm swinging for the fence I'm going to set a strategic goal that is beyond my capabilities without the help of the Lord because I believe with God nothing is impossible ask your neighbor are you willing to strike out Because if you're not willing to strike out, you'll never hit a home run. On Wednesday night, we looked at the growth of our church. Tonight, we celebrated some numbers with a hand clap as we talked about the number of baptisms and the number of Holy Ghost infillings. In the booklet that you received tonight, it measures and shows the growth over the last several years of our church. My wife reminded me, that during a six-year time span, we had 93 people that walked out of the doors, that were members that walked out of the doors for whatever reason. We could allow that to become a great hindrance and cause us to quit reaching. But instead, I believe it is driving us to do better and to be more than we have ever been as a church. Because during that same six-year space of time that 93 people walked out for whatever reason, we increased our attendance and membership more than 100 members in the same six years. That means our growth equaled 193 to 93 In your face, devil, CLC is a growing church that does not maximize our failures and our weaknesses, but we magnify the things God is doing for our future. In mathematics, there is no such thing as greater than 100%, they say, but the truth is our growth is greater than 100%. Unfortunately, we don't land every fish that strikes at our lure. If so, 
Brother Scott, Brother Duggar, and myself and Brother Eric would all be pro-fishermen. Regret, regretfully, we're not able to disciple every person that walks through the doors. But that doesn't mean that we put up our fishing equipment and stop fishing. You know what we do? We just keep mending our nets. We keep perfecting our plan. We keep trying to do better. Th Thursday night, we had over 1,000 people walk through our doors. Right in the midstream, as the place is full, my phone rang and I walked to the back only to get a stern rebuke for having something on the devil's night. My response, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm not giving one day a year to the devil. The scripture said God made the day. Oh, you're celebrating a thousand people that came through for candy. Did we baptize anyone? No. Did we see anybody filled with the Holy Ghost? No. But I shook hands with more people Thursday night than perhaps any event that we have ever done in our community. I held meaningful conversations. Many of our church members did. We talked to many backsliders. We talked to many people on the fringe of the church. We talked to people that said, hey, do you remember me? To which I said, of course I should, but I don't. And they said, I'm Carla's niece. I said, oh, of course I should remember you. While I didn't remember her name, she said, I was wondering if you would remember me. We started talking over and again. I talked to people that said, hey, I'm going to come see the new building. Hey, I'm going to come see the church. Hey, i got to get back down here. We just keep casting our nets. Not everybody understands everything that we do. Not everybody agrees with everything that we do. But as long as we stay in the Word of God, we just keep fishing. We just keep throwing the lure. We just keep on reaching. We just keep on going. We keep on preaching the truth. We keep on living a holy life. Because our failures must not define us. I refuse to be known for my weaknesses. And I stand before you to tell you that I'm a man that is full of weaknesses. I hope I do a good job of covering them up and dressing them up in a suit and tie. But I'm a man that's full of weaknesses. I'm far from perfect. Our church is not perfect. There is no perfect church. If you find one, don't join it. You will mess it up. But our weaknesses will not define us. We will realign to our God-given vision and we will go back to work on whatever it is that we need to work in. We will work in our strengths while we work on our weaknesses. Our evangelism efforts are gearing up. The year of 2020 and 2021, by the help of the Lord, are going to be a full court press. We're going to do everything that we can. We're going to bring black back by the help of the Lord. And if the finances are there, I intend to bring black back block parties at the level in which CLC has experienced before. 
I plan to add two events to our calendar that is going to be mind-boggling for many of us. We're going to have an international Holy Ghost and Revival Crusade to which we're going to target every group that lives in our city. Not only target, but just going to them with a flyer that may be in Spanish or in another language. But we're going to bring international, multicultural ministries onto this pulpit to preach the word to them in a language in which they can understand. Because CLC is not a church for white folks or a church for black folks or a church for Spanish folks. We are a Jesus culture church. For this gospel is for the Jew and the Gentile and the Greek and the Ethiopian and to whomsoever will. Our evangelism efforts are gearing up. Where is our compassion ministries with coat drives, food drives, care packages? Where is our evangelism team with outreach initiatives, mass evangelism, door knocking, social media evangelism, media evangelism? Where is our bus ministry filling up for Sunday school and our classrooms overflowing? We want to serve the enemy notice tonight. We're not defined by our weakness. I'm calling out some of our areas of weakness because we're going to get better if we're not afraid of temporary setbacks because we know that our destiny is is not determined by what we have had in our past, but our destiny has victory written all over it. I asked you some questions Wednesday night and tonight I have some more. I asked you what kind of church you wanted this to be. Some of you showed me tonight by your worship or your lack thereof. I have to consider those things. Now I ask you a very serious question. When I ask you Wednesday night, what do you want the future of this church to look like? Are you satisfied here or do you want to go beyond? Is 300 the cap or are we okay to move toward 400 and beyond? We've seen revivals. With 21 receiving the Holy Ghost. We've seen 58 receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized in Jesus' name in one month. Is that it? What kind of revival? What kind of revival do you believe God for in 2020 and 2021? I know, I know it's not the beginning of the year. I'm preaching this in November because we're gearing up. When we hit 2020, baby, we're wide open. Pedal to the metal. Revival's coming in Jesus' name. While setbacks and disappointments are real and must be anticipated, we also must remember and know that success is the plan of God and the will of God for His church. Jesus' words declared it that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Our weaknesses will not prevail against the revival.
there's always going to be a revival. Matthew 13 and 8 tells us, but others fell on good ground. I read to you all the negative passages. I held that for this, this piece of the text to get here. Because other seed fell into good ground. Some fell on stony ground, some by the wayside. Sun came out, dried it up. But verse 8 said, but other fell on good ground and brought forth fruit. And here's what it said. Some and hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirty. Not everything we do will produce a hundred percent every time. As a matter of fact, what I see in this text is there is some that will produce a hundredfold, but some is only going to bring sixty and some thirty. But we don't allow that reality to stop us. We may do something and feel this is not highly successful. Was it a failure? No, because in everything that we do, we find that God always turns it for our good. We keep reaching. I can't help but tell somebody tonight that I am believing that in the revival that is coming, we're going to see brand new people that we've never met before. Just like we have been seeing on multiple Sunday mornings, God is setting us up and He's trying to see how you're going to respond. This morning, when given an opportunity to step across the aisle and greet a guest, some chose to remain in your seat. You're telling us what kind of church you want this to be. When guests were here with hands to be, to be shook and smiles to be given and greeted with, we are deciding what our future is going to look like. I'm believing for new people, but I also believe that there is a group of backsliders that are connected to this church that since 1965, when I think there's only one or two people here tonight that would be qualified to say they have been here since that day, there have been a lot of folks that have come and have gone. Just in my time here, a lot of folks have come and have gone. I see a revival of backsliders that if they began to return, or maybe I should say when they began to return, this building will certainly not be able to hold them. I believe in accelerated church growth that could force us more, much more quickly than we ever believed into phase two. I've watched events. I've watched them unfold here. I've seen how some of you have handled it. I love it. I watched some of you bring your family members. Sister Lisa Saltemeyer, where are you tonight? I saw you bring your family, your mom and your stepdad. I saw them come. I've, I've been making that connection with them. We, we, we've been, it just it becomes more and more common. We're becoming more and more familiar. Thursday night, they were here. They're handing out candy like they're members of CLC. I walked by and smiled, and the thought was, go ahead and hand out candy like you're a CLC member because I'm believing and with faith 
that we're going to see you come and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It may not happen overnight, but revival is coming and revival is imminent. It could be your family. It could be your loved ones. It could be your neighbors. I've just been feeling it in my spirit. We've got to be ready. Sister Robin Mulberg mentioned a challenge that I brought to us a few months ago. When I ask you to make a list of all of the names of people that you know, and then to narrow it down to 10, and then we narrowed it down to three, and then my challenge to you was to start making meaningful communication every week. What has a tendency to happen is we have bright ideas, good creative plans, but somewhere along the way, we simply stop. Sister Robin told me, Brother Jordan, I have a list of about 100 names. And she said, I don't want to define it down to three. I want to go after every one of them. Go after it, Sister Robin. We're praying and believing with you. Go after it. Well, she's going to fail. She's not a failure if she reaches just one, just one, just one, just one. Well, I don't know about all this goal setting that you talked about Wednesday night. It doesn't really matter where we set a goal. If we reach one, it's worth everything. What is the value of a soul? What is a soul worth to you? Is there anybody in the building that's ready to start reaching out? I see the time. I'm almost done. The scripture gives us some insight into how we are to prepare for the return of the prodigal. This is a little lesson in the story of the prodigal that the first thing that we have to do is we have to prepare the house. We are doing so. We have spelled out a plan to you. Our move from Delphi Avenue here has put us in a bit of a pinch for student ministries. And I believe that we're going to, over the next 24 months, I believe in God is going to make a way for us to be able to see the establishment. We have a building just sitting up here, just waiting for us to put a roof on and do some simple finishes on the inside to make it where we can pass code inspection and be able to turn that into a student ministries area. And in doing so, in doing so, there's an area, and you can see if you read closely with a magnifying glass, you might see that there is a room that is called mentorship because our students are worth investing in. I'm believing for growth among our student ministries that we have to increase our staff because we can't handle it without an increase. Come on, CLC. I'm dreaming tonight. I'm dreaming big. I'm believing that God's going to do great things in our future. Anybody in this house have faith to believe that God wants to do it? We've got to prepare the house because growth is on the way. The second thing, the second thing that has to happen in the return of the prodigals in the story is the servants were notified. This morning I, I, I preached to us about being good servants. I came tonight to remind you 
that CLC, I believe, and we're going to know, we're going to know about your commitments, but I believe this church wants more than just a building and a parking, paved parking lot. But I believe that there is a hunger deep inside of folks. I had somebody come to me this morning and said, I want to, wanted to buy our guest lunch today. That's how growth happens. That's the culture I'm talking about. That's the culture I'm talking about. When that gets in our spirit and we recognize and know, I see our guests over here tonight, they're waiting. Hey, I'll take your meal. You want to buy me? I'll go home. You go tell your dad I'm buying your meal tonight. I'm going to proselyte these boys from Brother Reading. I got a good amen corner over here. One of them told me tonight, said, Pastor, we apologize. We haven't been, been here very much. We haven't been paying our tithing here. We need to start doing that. I said, yes, you do, in Jesus' name. I love these boys. I came tonight to notify the servants. Growth's coming. Revival's coming. Sure, it's going to take our time. Yes, it's going to take our energy. Yes, it's going to take our efforts. But I'm feeling more compelled than ever to get ready. Hell is going to have to find some new people to man the hog pen because there are some prodigals that are going to make up their mind to come home. There's some folks that are sitting tonight with a beer can in their hand that's about to crush it their last time and walk in the doors and give it up and say, here I am, Jesus. I sense revival. I feel revival in the atmosphere. Revival's coming. The third thing that we have to do is we have to engage the musicians. I just call the musicians here because I want to engage them in this altar call tonight. Because the third thing I see in this story is that the father said, we're going to have a party because the prodigal's coming home. And we're not going to be any pouty, gripey, complainy older brothers. But we're going to be thankful that our, our brother that was lost is now coming home. I just wonder tonight if CLC has any worshipers that will declare we're going to be the same worshiping church we were when you left. You're going to come back and find we're the same church. Let me have just a moment. Let me have just a moment. I had to look across the building to make sure I don't offend anybody tonight. And if I've got any guests here tonight that don't understand it, I'll be glad to teach you a Bible study and help you understand it. But a few days ago, I had a man that one time attended here, came and sat down and had a conversation with me. And he was talking about where he's at and the church that he's in and what's going on and how the church has changed. And he looked at me, and I was a little confused even at the question. But he looked at me, and he said, Do you see the church changing? And in general conversation, I said, Yes, the church has changed. Things have changed. Music styles changed. There's things that changes in the church. It's not anything doctrinal. It's just cultural changes. And, and it's all all right. It's we're reaching the world. We're we're keeping our young people at better rates than what we used to. We're trying to reach them. And I'm talking. And he looked at me, he said, That's not what I'm talking about. 
He said, I'm talking about, has the church changed? He said, I see people walking in with slacks and chopped hair, makeup, long hair on the men, partying on Saturday night, coming shouting the victory on Sunday morning. I was shocked that the gentleman that asked the question even bothered to ask. I smiled. I said, you need to find a night to come on back to CLC. Because we're the same holiness preaching, holiness loving, one God, Jesus name, apostolic, Bible believing, holiness living church that we were when you walked out. Come on back home because the church hasn't changed. We're going to be the same worshiping church we were when they walked out. They're going to come back and find that same Holy Ghost, the same fire, the same passion, the same kind of altar call. Come on, CLC. We've employed the musicians. Let's create an atmosphere and declare we're going beyond. We're going forward by faith. In Jesus' name. tonight if you have anyone in your family or anyone around your family who is not living for God right now I want to make room right now